Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to Dodie War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me as always on this endeavor is my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you? Good man. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. I uh, hope everybody's having a wonderful time uh, this year. And um, I guess we'll find out tonight whether we've uh, been naughty or nice, if we've got some coal or uh, some other goodies. Uh, we got a stock. lot of coal uh, of the Michael <laughs> variety. So. A, lot, a lot of coal for sure. Um, God, this commentary team we're going to talk about, I didn't really like they're here all season. Not, not, not even a, one pay-per-view off this crew um we'll talk about as we move along but uh yes welcome happy holiday season to all and if you're new to the show welcome aboard uh i'd recommend probably going back a little bit <laughs> listening but we can uh, give you a quick overview of the concept so what we're doing here is a statistical look at every wf pay-per-view of all time we are doing it in a seasonal format which means we kick off with the first pay-per-view following wrestlemania in a calendar year and we wrap with WrestleMania the following year. So for this season here, we're doing 2015, 2016, meaning we started with the first pay-per-view right after Mania, like I said, Extreme Rules, and we'll wrap with WrestleMania 32. So we're bouncing around. We're not doing anything uh, consecutively. So once the season's finished, we kind of jump timelines and mix it up a little bit so we don't get too bored of one specific era. We uh, watch it and rate every match with a match grade. And then we also give plus-minus uh, points awarded and subtracted in different categories and basically we just net everything out so for every positive we give a plus for every negative we give a minus and then we net out the categories total it all up the concept of war is basically if you think of something as being replacement level 
that's just average for us. It doesn't get a point either way. So, you know, for us, maybe it's a two and a half star match, just a crowd reaction that should happen, basic commentary, standard results. Like, so all that stuff just kind of washes. Anything above what we consider to be that average gets the point, and everything below it takes away the point. Yep. Uh, Marcus, you want to review our categories? Absolutely. We start off with build, then commentary, the atmosphere of the event, notable moments and importance, our match grades, as you talked about, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches, which for us is a consensus 4.25 and above uh, for a plus, and as far as a minus, it is a 0.75 and below. Yes, sir. Uh, also, for match grades, it's the same concept, right? So we take your score, we take my score, we take the average. If you consider two and a half to be a wash, we then go up and down. So if it's a four, that'd be uh, plus 1.5, right? Because that would be... Uh, Correct, yes. Uh, two and a half plus that. So that's pretty much how we score it as we go. Uh, then we add all that up, and that totals out our match grades. So you'll get it as we go, but that, that's a general overview. Uh, all right, so we're in 2015. we get got two shows for you here tonight. As always, we're going to start with Elimination Chamber 2015 on May 31st, 2015, from the American Bank Center in Corpus Christi, Texas. 7,000 in attendance. This is, of course, now on WD Network. Uh, this was an interesting show. Uh, it was originally supposed to be, I, I thought, like a house show, right? And then they yeah. changed it. Yep. Yeah. Um, it would be the uh, last one for a little bit. They'd return to the Elimination Chamber an event in 2017. But it was definitely uh, originally supposed to be a house show in Corpus Christi. Well, actually, I guess originally I think it was supposed to maybe be one in February. They replaced it with Fastlane that year. This was supposed. There was supposed to be a live event in Greenville, South Carolina. That got canceled. They moved everyone over to Corpus Christi to go ahead and then do this pay-per-view, which would air exclusively on the network. Um, I guess some of the impetus behind it, right, was to help fill vacated uh, uh, IC championship. Mm -hmm. They kind of used that as like a rationale to do this, right? Um, yeah. And you can tell, as we'll talk about throughout the night, that the show ends up being a little shaky <laughs> because I think it was just very hastily booked and thrown together and the different combinations of guys, whatever didn't click. So it ends up being a pretty interesting one. Um, so why don't we dive in kickoff show? So stardust defeat Zack Ryder. And then we get into the show itself and we get things going with an elimination chamber match. That was for the tag team titles, the new day, Defeat the primetime players, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, Ascension, Lucha Dragons, and Los Matadores to retain their tag team titles. Uh, you know, th this is okay. I, I, it Going into it, I couldn't remember if this was the shit show, but no, it was definitely the one later. <laughs> this one actually <laughs> ends up being pretty solid. Uh, overall, New Day is clearly gaining momentum. There's still very much heels here. But with every passing show, you can tell they're getting more and more confidence in the gimmick, more and more confidence in their push. Uh, it was interesting, too. You, it looks like they're starting to get um, some more faith in the primetime players as well as a move here in the year. They eliminate Cesaro and Kidd, the last team up against New Day. So that was interesting. Um, and the match itself, again, was solid. First ever tag team chamber match. I went three and a half. Oh, more than solid. Good. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I went three and a half as well. Um I think for a first-time concept to try to pull this off, I 
thought everybody did well. Um, I think the collection of talent is really good. And um, just piggybacking off what you said, to see the rise of the New Day during this season so far has been uh, one of, if not the highlight for me, uh, to kind of see earlier in the season where they were struggling to get a good crowd reaction um, one way or another. Um, and then to see them kind of get booed. And then now to see the crowd is now entertained and booing them because they are entertained and the crowd is now enjoying the act. Um, and, you know, we know uh, our history, it's only going to pick up from here. So uh, very cool to see the New Day um, just like find their footing and, and really start to uh, uh, strive in WWE. All right. So that averages out to, uh, well, we both had three and a half. So three and a half. So like yep. I said, you just plus one up from the average show that's a one for that one uh what's our next one our next match is for the divas title it is Paige uh taking on champion nikki bella and naomi um and yeah nikki bella is champion and nikki bella is going to retain the title um this of course comes off of uh earlier with like naomi trying to attack Paige. um and like kind of get her spot in a match with uh with Nikki Bella. So uh, now we're adding Paige back into it. She's back from being hurt. Um, I went 2.5. Um, I thought it was replacement level. I didn't think it took away from the show. Um, definitely didn't hurt the show by its uh, just being there. But uh, wasn't blown away either. But uh, it was just a standard triple match, uh, triple threat match. I felt. I went to in a quarter. It felt a little bit rushed as well. Um, I think we'll see Nikki and the Bellas in general start to find their sweet spot shortly in this season, uh, you know, on the face heel spectrum. Right. Like, I think I think they start to become better when they're positioned more as like the establishment and the heels. Uh, whereas here, Nikki still kind of uh, say more face than heel and more tweener than anything. It's also such an interesting spot because like we are really on the doorstep of the overhaul of this division this is like the final remnants and we have some mm. of the pieces here like right we see with Paige and uh even with nikki and like we can see and they and naomi will be a part of it too as we go forward so like we're seeing it coming together it's just we're about to get over the hump so uh, that said they're still not getting like a ton of time they're still kind of rushing but at least they're getting a story they're getting prominent spots consistently so like again we're climbing toward what the divas division women's division eventually will be it's not quite fully there yet so two and a quarter for me uh and two and a half for you so there you go all right up next is john cena versus kevin owens no title on the line this of course came to be when owens uh answered cena's open challenge on raw they don't have a match they just kind of brawl and owens says you know i'll, I'll do it when it matters right so they throw this on this last minute pay-per-view for their first ever, it's it's Owen's first main roster match, pay-per-view match, and, and match overall. There's a lot of excitement for it, for sure. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Cena holds up in this season. I ended up talking a lot about Cena on recent No Holds Barred, yep. where we went over our top uh, 10, Aaron and I's top 10 from earlier in the year, and how it's going to flesh out as we move toward the end. And, uh you know, I think Cena's a guy who during this time had a good rep, right? Super Cena, super work of Cena, wrestling all these indie guys, having dream matches, up in his work rate. But the more we dive into it, the more you realize just how many of these guys he, he beat and put in the meat locker. Like, you know, Rusev, he beat three out of four. We'll see how, how it goes with Owens. I mean, here, Owens does go over clean. So, again, it's a big deal. It's 21 minutes to beat him with the pop-up powerbomb. So, but 
will it be different? Because Cena has done this before with new guys. He did it with, uh, well, I guess Wyatt. I don't think he beat the first time, right? It was after that. But uh, Rusev, you know, he, he lost it once before beating him the next three. So we'll see where it continues to go. Will Owens now, you know, put him over a few times after? So let's find out. But uh, the match itself is awesome. It completely holds up. I was I was wowed by it. I went four and a half. Uh, I'm excited to see how the rest of theirs go. I mean, they got two more to go for sure. So let's see how it plays out. But for this one, it really, really connected. Yep, right there with you, four and a half for me. Uh, what a way to introduce um, Kevin Owens and really establish this prize fighter character. Um, you know, somebody who, if you're a newer fan, I think you can you can boo him because he's he's coming in, he's challenging your guy, John Cena. He's being mm-hmm. disrespectful. Uh, he's talking talking down about Cena. Um, oh, I think I'm not sure if the uh, veteran advice uh, segment had happened yet, but I know that was making its rounds on Twitter's where uh, Owens is saying, hey, like, you don't get to tell me what to do just because I'm, quote unquote, like a rookie here. Like, I've been wrestling longer than you. Um but that goes to the other half of the audience, which might relate more with Kevin Owens. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just thought there was a great way to bring up Owens and establish him as a superstar right off the bat. And he more than delivers. They have great chemistry. They have a fantastic matchup here. Um, and I mean, Owens getting the big win, like a big time shocking moment. And we'll see how they follow up uh, coming out of this. Uh, so that takes us to our next contest, which is a little bit of a cool down match. I thought uh, Neville is taking on Bo Dallas. Uh, this is just coming off a little TV angle, but um, it's really just a match here. I went uh, with two. Uh, I think they're really struggling with Neville and how to present him. Um, he's kind of seeing a theme now where he's kind of in like this cool down match period and it's not helping get over the character, but um the in-ring work speaks for himself, speaks for itself uh, with Neville, um, especially when he hits that red arrow. I mean, it is it's a it's a highlight of the show when he does that. So um, all that, it's uh, good for two for me. Yeah, I went uh, two as well. Again, I think you covered it pretty well. It's yeah. Neville's weird because like every every time he's out there, it's it's a lot of fun, but they just don't seem to present him in a way that makes you excited about where he's headed right it's just like kind of right. they're almost using him as the old cruiserweight heater spot like wcw would use but they're not giving him guys that he could have heater matches with right like bo dallas is a fine character maybe good in a gimmick match but is he going to go out there and go toe-to-toe with neville and fly around and excite the crowd um and then putting this after cena in the cooldown spot was questionable as well because then that tells me they don't really know what they have in owens right so to me that should be more of a uh, opening spot or later in the card when they need to wake back up. But Cena Owens had things rocking and now you're going to slow back down. I mean, Neville's not the guy to do that. So again, predictable. Obviously Dallas was never going to win, but I, I want to see where Neville, you know, moves on from here because right now it's not super inspiring. All right. So here we go. <laughs> up next is our intercontinental title elimination shaver match. Zack Ryder, uh, I'm sorry, Dolph, Zach, right? Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, R-Truth, Sheamus, Mark Henry, and Wade Barrett. So, I mean, a pretty decent collection of talent here. Like, these are, you know, a pretty good mix of guys. It makes sense to be in here for the IC title. And uh, Barrett ends up getting eliminated first, which is surprising. Uh, Truth is second, Mark Henry's third, 
Ziggler fourth, Sheamus then makes the finals and loses to Ryback, who is our new Intercontinental Champion, which I like. I think it's like a good uh, choice. But things just go completely off kilter. One of the pods breaks early, and I, it was Henry's, right? Henry's breaks early. Yeah. So he has to come out, and it, it throws off the whole scripting of the match, and everyone is immediately lost and confused. So, like, they don't know what to do. They're standing around, uh, looking at each other. They keep repeating spots. The crowd completely gets lost as they're trying to figure out how to come back from this. They eventually get back on track, uh, but it's it's clearly a, just a shit show. And I, I remember this just getting skewered at the time because there's veterans in there. Like, Henry has been around forever. Yeah. And at this point, Dolph Ziggler has been around six years. Like, you know, Sheamus has been around for five years. R-Truth has been wrestling for 15 years. <laughs> well, actually, I think was he He might have been gone. But, oh, no, he was in still. So, I mean, these guys have been wrestling forever. Like, Ryback and Barrett are really the only two new guys. And even Barrett's five years into this point. So, there's really no excuse at all. Uh, for this like chicanery and it, it's an all-time blunder we're going to see it represented pretty ugly um in our plus minus i'm sure i know i went to town on it i think you did too so uh i went one and three quarters on the match which tells you just how bad it was like an elimination chamber match with pretty good talent goes on sub two stars is just a real fiasco yeah you said it like the talent this this has really good talent like i really like Dolph Ziggler's work i really like seamus's work um I like I really like I thought Barrett was good in this match. Um but it just it didn't come together for whatever reason. It just it it just felt like it was off the tracks the whole time. Uh and not in a good way. Like it just yeah, it it just felt clunky. Um again, not in a good way. Um yeah, I went one point seven five. Um disappointing. Um it also feels like we're late to the party with Ryback and like, I know the crowd is still into him, but I mean, this is 2015 and I mean, he was at his peak in, mm-hmm. uh, 2012, 2013. Uh, I mean, this is years and years after the fact. Um, so just, you know, I guess that's the era of WWE that we're in now. Uh, right. whereas in some seasons before we kind of see somebody maybe gets hot for a couple months and then, you know, they get strapped up and see how they do. That's not the case anymore. Um, I think we're in the the stage where the plan is the plan, and if you're not part of the big plan, you just kind of toil away until you get your break. So, and uh, right back, I think we'll see it though. I mean, he is over. Like, yeah, he's still lingering, which is crazy. To your point, why they waited so long? I mean, he was over in 2013 as well, um, 2012, 2013. But here he is. He's still hanging on. He still gets a pop. It is crazy. Like, I know he's got his issues later on like social media and stuff, but Man, like, what was this guy missing that they didn't like? He's jacked up. He's got power offense. He's super over. He's got like uh, charisma. Like, I don't, I don't know why I just didn't click for them with him. I mean, yeah, if you know Vince McMahon, I think gets a unfair rap um, for only wanting big guys to be his top guys. Um, I mean, if that's the case, I think Warlord uh, and Ryback would be like ten-time WWE champions. Yeah, but yeah, there's a difference between the two of them. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I think yeah. Ryback could actually work a bit more, and he could his connection and charisma was way stronger than the Warlords. You know what I mean? Like he, right. He had I don't know. He just like watching him in the season has opened my eyes a little bit. Like we'll talk about it as we go, but he's actually he's way more charismatic and on point than I remembered him being. 
I think right, his heel stuff that lingered that wasn't didn't work for him. He was actually just a very good, like fired up face. Yeah, and it it just goes like the plan is the plan, and like it it right. doesn't matter if you are what Vince McMahon like sees in his sleep when he envisions like the perfect superstar. Like if you're not part of the larger plan, like you're not working your way in. Um, right. That's just what I'm, I'm I'm picking up from the season so far. Uh, so that takes us to our main event. Uh, it is for the WWE title, and it is Dean Ambrose taking on Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to retain, uh, but not without a little chicanery. Um, Roman Reigns, of course, is banned from ringside, as we found out earlier in the evening, so he's not going to be able to be out there to help Ambrose. Um, but we're going to get a little bit of a dusty finish. Um, so Rollins is going to technically re- uh, retain by disqualification. Um, but they're going to do a little bit of business after the match where Ambrose and Reigns are going to take off with the title. Um, and Ambrose claims, you know, Hey, I never, I I beat Rollins. I'm the champ. Uh, I don't care what the, what the official match verdict was. So, um, I think people have different feelings about the dusty finish. Um, I did think that the timing was just kind of one of those things like part of wrestling destiny, um, with, you know, Dusty Rhodes being ill at this time uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, about to pass very, uh, very soon after this. So uh, I went with 3.5. I really enjoyed the match. I thought it had uh, decent heat. And Ambrose has really had a good connection with the crowd. Um, and and Rollins is kind of chugging along. I, I just think, uh, as we'll see, I think there's some things with Rollins. If you're, if you're going to be like the cowardly heel, then like you have to be the cowardly heel, and I don't think that you can be half Shawn Michaels, half uh, like Ric Flair. Like you, right. I think you have to commit one way or the other, and I think that's what's holding Rollins back just a little bit because you see the athleticism, you see what he's capable of pulling off in the ring, um, but it's it's just inconsistent with you know trying to take the cheap way out, retained by disqualification and stuff, and I, I don't think it's adding heat to him like they thought it would. Yeah, I agree. And the authority stuff is just like an albatross through this whole season. Kane is involved way too much in all this stuff across the board. Like the J and J stuff was fun and on raw, I guess. But like when it came to the big matches, having them involve them involved constantly is, it is good to be overwhelming. Um, I, I don't know. The dusty finish to me, just like with well, the guy is over as Ambrose. It felt like you, you just, it was like an extra knife. Like I, I get that's the point of it, but if you're not going to later pay it off, which they don't, it's like, like, what are you doing? You know? Um, so I don't know. I, I would have, uh, I just would have went to Ambrose here. Let's have Rollins get it back. You know what I mean? Like, like there's no reason they can't do a rock and triple H deal with the two of them and just have them trade it back and forth. It still gets the same point across with Rollins winning it back. He doesn't need to have a dominant reign. If he's going to be a chicken shit, then just have him steal it back, you know, like right. and then yep. you can go back and forth with it. It'll still work just as well. Uh, and it's funny because when they split, you know, a year ago, everyone assumed Ambrose is going to be the one to turn, right? And be a heel. And that Rollins would kind of be the high-flying baby face and then Reigns, I guess, would kind of be whatever. Um, they went the opposite way. And, I, I mean, Ambrose ended up having, like, an amazing connection with the fans. But I still think Rollins should have turned fa- like stayed face. Like, I, I I fully believe them having the shield break up and feud, or one be a heel was the mistake. Like I think them just 
going their own ways, but always be loosely aligned would have been a much better play because all three of them yep. at the time, I mean, if you're going to turn anyone heel, Reigns was the guy. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, he was jacked. He was like, had the kind of badass look that could have been, you know, more of like the people's champion look, you know what I mean? At that point. So if anyone in probably the worst talker of the group at that point. So like if anyone could have been the heel, it would have been him, but I would have been fine if they just kind of had them, siphon off and all be faces doing their own thing. I think that would have been the route to go. That aside, uh, the match was really good. Like I liked it a lot with three and three quarters. I'm just already kind of getting fed up with the, uh, authority stuff dominating like all of these Rollins matches. Oh yeah. It's too much. So, all right. Uh, so total match grade three and a half. So that's pretty solid. Usually, in this category, anything in the positives is good. Anything like or over two and a half, three is usually generally been pretty good. Um, then once you start to get to like five, six is when we really, it's like a great in-ring show. So this is a very good in-ring show based on our metrics. Let's see how the plus minuses wash out. All right, first category is build. So we gave a point for the really cool hyping of the first ever tag team chamber. They put a lot of kind of thought and presentation into that. Uh, a point for Kevin Owens' surprise debut on Raw, and they supercharge him into a match with Cena. A point for what I mentioned. I mean, Super Worker Cena's U.S. Open Challenge really was hitting big during this time, whether it ends up being counterproductive or not. Like, it was still one of the most look, looking forward to talked about segments every week on Raw when he'd come out, who was going to show up next. A point for the good use of putting the vacant IC title into, into the chamber. You don't usually get those guys in a chamber match, like at that level. So that was cool, even though it backfired. Um, the, the process was fine. It was the results that were the best. And then a point for the really long, obviously, shield build. I mean, this has been brewing for a bit. Ambrose and Rollins really cooking since they split up a year before. So there's a lot of good story and heat into their match. Absolutely. Um, for the minuses, we've got the weird last minute pay-per-view being added uh, in really like a, a small shaky market uh, in Corpus Christi. Uh, it jams in an already like packed calendar. Um, you know, this is by far going to be the most shows that we do in a season uh, up to this date. Uh, we've got Rusev with the broken foot that takes him off the show, um, kind of cuts his water off. And then uh, the lazy uh, women's title booking. Um, Paige went in the Battle Royal, Naomi attacks her, and then, you know, get into the triple threat from there. All right, so then that's out to a plus two, so decent build. For a show that was thrown together last minute, honestly, it's it's actually pretty good. <laughs> so I think they, the fact they leaned on a couple of uh, things that fell on the lap plus a couple of long-term builds helped. All right, commentary is going to be where things are inter interesting. So we didn't mention it earlier, but the commentary team is Michael Cole, Jerry the King Lawler, and John Bradshaw Lifefield. So um, they are pretty much covering this entire season, at least to this point, um, you know, through this point into the end of the year. They're, they're here. So I guess your mileage may vary on them, depending on if you like, if you like the yuck, yuck sports commentator style, this is your jam. Um, if you like, like folksiness and they're, Everything's kind of jokey and, you know, irreverent comments and observations and uh, weird soft talk. <laughs> this is the team for you. It, it's such a far cry for me from the JBL I loved. Like, you know, 506 is bombastic and like Jesse Ventura, like in your face versus like this, you know, C-level ESPN plus college basketball team they got going on here with the, you know, the way they're talking and interacting with each other. So yeah. let's see. Yeah, good. Yeah, what are your like, overall thoughts before we get to the plus minus? Oh, it's a commentary like with JBL and Cole. Like, uh, I guess I'm used to them as like, um, 
like, you know, almost like a, a bar atmosphere, like like two buddies talking at a bar, um, you know, maybe getting into a little bit more. But then like you add King in and you add a couple more years and it's just kind of like three old men kind of getting wine drunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah that's sitting good... around smoking cigars. Yeah. It's just the way JBL talks is what drives me nuts in this, you know? Yo, Seth Rollins is, uh, you know, here doing all these moves, right? It's like very, it's like almost like low. It's like this low voice. Like, I don't know, it's odd. It's not like he's whispering, but it's just, he just talks very, yeah, like it's like a fire, to two man's favorite term, it's like a fireside chat versus like, where's the excitement? Like, let's get fired up. It's fucking yeah. wrestling pay-per-view. Like, we're supposed to be, all through the season, all I keep thinking back is like, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura never took a match off like every match is exciting we're selling every match yeah they're joking and busting balls too but like everything is like fired up and energetic you know what i mean and like here it's just very i think they lean too much into the for a while all everyone wanted was sports presentation right real sports presentation be like espn and sports center give us like that kind of stuff and then they went too far with it it's like now it's too much like the like the NFL Edge Roundtable, right? Like, like I just I don't know. I just yeah, it's like they're calling a Pirates and uh, Reds game in like late August. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a game so, like, of no give me the energy. It's it's a yeah. it's a wrestling show. I want to get yelled at. Like, give me the fire. Like, where is it? It's a nothing. There's no there's no fire or energy anywhere. It's just this weird yuck yuck folksy crap. Like, where's my heel play by play or heel color guy? Like, that's what I want. I don't want this. Anyway, there were some positives. Uh, they do a good job tying in the Ascension and Lucha Dragons NXT history into the tag chamber. Uh, they do a good job getting over the story of Kevin Owens. He's trying to make a name for himself as seen as expense. Uh, JBL really crushes it with the Owens called the shot stuff after the match. Uh, yeah. Where Owens predicted he was going to win. And then another point for Cole tying together Neville and Dallas's NXT history, which wasn't a gimme at this point. A little more sound out the networks there, and it's all kind of combined into the same universe more. Uh, but it still was nice on him to like really bring that up in their match yeah jbl was great during that match i want to give him a shout out um for the minuses we've got the announcers ignoring that uh opposing and our opposite teams uh keep saving each other even though it's elimination style um so that's pretty confusing uh the obsession with social media we uh mm. <laughs> they still haven't figured out how to how to uh get that across and integrate it into their program um seamlessly uh jbl calls king an internet troll uh we get a bunch of uh, fake vkm style laughing and yucking it up uh the endless talk about the corporate environment and board meetings oh god that too drives me fucking nuts in this era sheesh yeah um the same chatty cadence all show uh, as we just talked about uh there's no emotion there's nobody getting riled up uh there's no extra engagement or excitement and uh it just feels like commentary is being read from a script like uh like the video game yeah, that's what it, it really feels like. It's the sound bites in the video game. It's like, you know, oh, John Cena's really got a tough match here tonight. I don't know if he's got it in him. You know, like, I just, yeah. like, weird. The JBL inflection is what stands out to me. Uh, so that nets out to a negative one, which is, I guess is actually okay, uh, considering how much we're shitting on it. The social media thing has not gotten better from our last time we were here around this era, which was 2011-12, where we uh, dove into this. They were they were just starting, kind of, I guess it was still the Tau era, I think Twitter, the Twitter stuff was starting a little bit toward the end of that season, and it's full on here, like constantly talking about scrolling tweets and the engagement and the number one trend. It'll only get worse after this, but they're definitely like already to that point. Yep. Uh, all right, atmosphere. So this is an interesting one to me because Corpus Christi is not usually known as a hot wrestling town. It's actually usually got a pretty shitty rep as a town. 
Um, we did give a point for the crowd being into New Day socks. A point for the crowd getting really hot for the opener, uh, helping it, helping the vibe of that. A point for the hot reaction to Paige. Uh, the crowd was revved for Cena Owens. We gave them a point for that. They were super into that. Felt like a big match. Uh, the pop when Owens beat Cena is great too. Like this kind of half shock, half excitement. Yeah. Uh, so point for that. A point for Ambrose's fake win as well. Like which made it sting even more that it was a dusty finish because the reaction was so good. Yep, and uh, for our minuses, we've got the basic raw looking set, which it's going to be a minus for me every single time. Um, it's going to be a lot during this era. Uh, the crowd is pretty flat to open the show. Uh, the crowd is uh, pretty cooked and then checks out uh, after Cena, Cena versus Owens. Uh, the crowd is really snoozing through the IC Chamber match, and the uh, crowd is pretty much asleep for the main event and uh, some small smatterings at best. All right, so that's a one for atmosphere. So again, I feel like it's a little over delivery a bit for uh, a town that's you know regularly not known to be uh, super hot or engaged. Our right, notable moments. This is the interesting one of the season, Marcus. Right, we've been talking about it. These shows, while they have some really good wrestling, some exciting reactions or atmospheres, it's really lack in the moments. Like you could skip shows at a time and you may miss out on a four star match. But you're not going to miss much happening. <laughs> That's That seems to be the trend on these. Mm-hmm. All right, we get a point for the first ever Tag Team Elimination Chamber. A point for New Day using Freebird Rules, which kind of starts to be a thing for them as we move forward. Two points for Kevin Owens' first ever pay-per-view match. It's a big deal. We always go bonus for the, the big stars debuting. A point for Owens beating Cena clean, which is a really big deal at the time. Uh, a point for NXT stars making big statements, lettering the show. This is kind of a statement show you know nxt becoming a bigger and bigger deal across the network and now you get these guys infiltrating the roster and dominating the show and then a point for ryback uh, winning the ic title all right and for our minuses we've got the uh lana the lana and dolph relationship uh they just kind of keep forcing um complete lack of a chamber understanding in both matches uh breaking up pinfalls for people it doesn't make sense an all-time bad mess up with henry's pod breaking uh weights early as we talked about and then uh, the talent really being lost on how to recover from that. Uh, we went minus two for that. Um, the, uh, you know, poor, crappy, dusty finish uh, for a below star like uh, Dean Ambrose. And just more hammering of the authority stuff. Um, Rollins really not hot enough for the dusty finish to work either. Oh, that too. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk about that as much. Like, it was just a bad idea. <laughs> they should have had Ambrose win. Um, yeah. God, that... That I see titles matches. <laughs> uh, so again, though, plus two, like it's hanging, it's hanging around, right? Uh, match grades we talked about was at three and a half, and now we get the card structure. So we give a point for starting hot with the ice, with the tag team chamber match. Good way to get the show fired up. A point for Owens' instant victory speech. Uh, letting him brag in the moment was a, was a cool addition. Like letting him stand there and show off a bit after this huge win. And then a point for the structure of like giving the big matches a lot of time was cool too. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we have the uh, weak crop of tag teams uh, makes the match feel a little less important with the lack of tag team depth. Uh, Neville and Dallas having to be the cooldown match. He, in effect, and it's uh, also ineffective getting Neville over. His, uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, and also just the match style. Uh, Neville is having like these um, like grinded out kind of matches instead of letting him fly around, bounce around, and, and do what's probably uh 
but he can do better than anybody else on the roster, really. Right. Like I know he can. He's a great uh, technical wrestler as well. But you know, everybody wants to see him fly around and uh, be the man that Gravity forgot. Um, but yeah, so so having him grind one out after uh, Cena and Owens uh, instead of flying around and, and keeping the crowd engaged. Uh, no real super overface in their continental title match. Um, I guess you know besides Ryback, but I wouldn't say he's hands down the most. He's overface. getting there, but yeah. not. Quite. Yeah. Yeah, so there's not like a clear person you're rooting for in that chamber match. Um, so that hurts the crowd engagement. Um, you know, more Kane uh, just smothering the main event matches um, and then ending the show on a, a pretty crappy screw job and, mm-hmm. and dusty finish. It's just kind of bad taste, I guess. They didn't mind burning the uh, Corpus Christi market. Um, and then last one here, the chamber's just not being a big enough deal on the actual card. Like, I think you look at this card and you the thing you remember is like Cena and Rollins or Cena versus Owens. And then the next thing I remember is um, Ambrose and Rollins with the dusty finish. Um, the chamber matches are, you know, third and fourth on that list. And for a, a show titled Elimination Chamber where mm-hmm. you're doing this match once a year, I think they need to mean more. All right. So it's a negative four. Uh, so card structure really hurts. Again, I think that's going to be a theme throughout the season. For whatever reason, this struggle uh, with all this talent and the, the quality matches they put out seems to be a constant battle with how to present it across the card. All right, rewatchability. So this this is an interesting category. This is kind of like more spots, things like maybe it's not a notable moment, but it's things that are worth kind of rewatching if you were just checking out little highlights of the show. We we usually avoid putting matches here too. It's just like kind of things. So like we give a point for Cesaro Superplex off the top of the pod, which is a great spot. And then a point for Owen's celebration after pinning Cena was awesome. So uh, two pluses there. Yep. And for the minuses, we have uh, all the ads. Uh, we're in the, the ad era of uh, pay-per-views. Uh, sad to see Brian sitting at ringside watching the Intercontinental title match like an 80-year-old man. Um, and then cringeworthy talking and adjustments during the IC chamber. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just just a, a big a big minus for the show. That's tough to watch. We didn't we didn't really highlight that earlier, but not only are they lost and what to do, like they're clearly talking. There's one point where like it's like Henry Ziggler. I'm not I forget who well. It's like the the three of them are standing there talking to each other in the ring. It, it's just like it was so bad. It was just so bad. Uh, so as a net of a negative one, all time matches. Uh, we have a positive for Cena Owens. We both were over four and a quarter. Uh, no, nothing bad. <laughs> Amazingly enough, <laughs> as bad as that chamber was, we still were high enough on it not to be all time bad. Uh, so that's a plus one. And that nets us out to a total war score of 3.5. So not great, Marcus. Uh, that's really on the lower end of our shows. Um, you know, not, not at the very bottom, but it's. Eh, it's in the bottom it's, 10. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, the 60, it's towards, towards the bottom so. of the barrel. Yeah. The 60 or so that we've done, it's, it's you know, right, yeah, it's it's pretty low. <laughs> so, uh, fittingly right above Elimination Chamber 2012, so I don't know, something about those modern chamber shows maybe mm-hmm. struggle, but um, it's just below, I mean, the UK 99 No Mercy, which is a throwaway of a show as it gets. Uh, it's below that. It's below Roma 95. I'd like to give you some context of where it sits. Just barely above No Way Out 05. So you can kind of tell the company it's keeping. It's not great. It's not our all-time bad at the very bottom, but it's, it's near the dregs. So Not so bueno, my friend. Not so bueno. Any final thoughts before we move on to our next show? No, I'm ready to be done with this. I never want to watch the show again. <laughs> 
All right, let's get the hell out of Corpus Christi then, and we will talk Money in the Bank 2015. So not too much longer after this show. This one took place on June 14th from the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. There we go. 15,277 in attendance. We get our usual uh, gaggle of morons here in in the booth. JBL, Cole, and the King. Seven matches in the card. Get our usual pre-show match, now that we're on the network, and that's R-Truth defeating King Barrett. So there's actually only six matches on the actual card itself, so these are going to get some time. And that starts with our opening match, which is the Money in the Bank match. We start off the card with it, uh, and that is Sheamus defeating Dolph Ziggler, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Neville, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns in 2150. I would deem this an upset, I think, at the time. Uh, Sheamus had just returned from injury. We had talked about that in our last episode where he had his issue with Dolph Ziggler. So I hadn't been around for a bit. He's got the new look. I, I would assume most people thought Reigns was winning here. That's that's my recollection from back of the day, yeah. uh, that he was the guy who was going to win. But we end up getting the return of Bray Wyatt here. Uh, makes a surprise showing up at the end. The lights go out, his graphic appears, and there he is on the, on the ladder. He shakes it while Reigns had the briefcase. Uh, the crowd actually pops for that. Uh, he brings Reigns down, his sister Abigail, and then Seamus scales and uh, shockingly again wins a briefcase. So pretty big upset uh, at the time. I guess it was a pretty good surprise. I mean, I don't know if Seamus, you know, for all the love he gets later, and especially from even like me, he's, he's like a top 35 guy on my GWE list. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of his best stuff is after this, kind of comes in the years following. Uh, but even if he was good at this point, I feel like the – the view of him was still kind of stale. Like this felt like, Oh, we're back to Seamus again at the time. Like that. I recall, uh, mm-hmm. if you're not going to go reigns, like, I don't know who else is the fit for this spot. Um, I mean, we just done Ziggler a couple years before. I don't think Neville had been presented to that point or, and I think would have felt kind of been there, done that at this point, you're not going to do Kane. So that kind of leaves you with Kofi and Seamus at that point. And, uh, I mean, New Day was getting hot. I don't know if they were hot to the point where you're going to put the briefcase on them, but you could have. Um, so I guess Sheamus is kind of last man standing. Yeah, I mean, like Ziggler's here again. This is another cha- another time to like, you know, right. you could run with Ziggler uh, and see what happens, especially with him as a face now. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Sheamus because I remember during this 2015 stretch, he already felt stale and like he had just come back. Um, so yeah, it's... The in-ring work is good, but still with the character, it's just something. Something is just like uh, it feels stuck. Um, so hopefully, this money in the bank win helps him out moving forward. Um, I thought the Reigns moment uh, where he's about to to win the uh, pull down the briefcase and and have him Wyatt appear. Um, that was just some really good business. The crowd was super into that, and it feels like they are on like parallel career paths um and it feels like eventually these two characters that are you know opposed to each other are gonna gonna uh collide uh so to see that kind of get kicked off that felt good or i guess revisited um uh, it it had been a little bit so uh, i went 3.75 as well i really enjoyed it um uh, you know i guess for another podcast probably another idea for them to rank and stack and discuss all the money Mm -hmm. in the bank matches um but so I'm not sure where this one fits, but uh, I would say it's it's above average at least. Um, definitely above replacement level for us. 
Uh, and that takes us to uh, our next contest. And just, I don't think I get my grade real quick. But oh, three, I went three three quarters, um, which you know to your point, I think that would be above average, but probably near the lower end of Money in the Bank matches. Like I feel like the the baseline for Money in the Bank should be a four in my mind. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I would say this is slightly below like where you'd want to be for a Money in the Bank. Yeah. All right. Our next contest is for the Divas Championship. As Nikki Bella is taking on Paige. Paige is finally getting her one-on-one shot. Uh, and I went 2.75. Uh, I thought this was a pretty decent wrestling match. Um, Nikki Bella retains. Um, and yeah, one thing I really like about Nikki Bella during this time period is um, the physicality. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think she's going to lean into a little bit more. But uh, like that forearm <laughs> is is uh, starting to come into play. And I mean, she is... She's loveling people. Um, and, you know, that's probably the highlight for me. So, um, and they get some time too. Um, they get uh, over 12 minutes. So we're, we're inching closer um, to the Divas uh, Revolution, which they will mm-hmm. quickly pivot uh, and change to Evolution. Uh, but good to see them get some time here. Uh, like you said, a lot of the matches here tonight are going to get some time. Um, and I thought, uh, I thought for what it was worth, like they made the most of it for me. So 2.75 for me. This is my house. I went two and a half. It was, uh, yeah, very good. Nikki's power offense is what's really developing. Like you said, like she's starting to use her strength and power in a way where now she's becoming, um, almost like the old Beth Phoenix role, right? Like letting the other girls kind of bounce and work off of her. And then she grinds away and does the, the power offense. So I thought that really, um, stood out as part of her development. So, uh, that was a nice sign. You're also starting to get more of the heel tint with them, right? So we're, we see the twin magic here where Bree uh, comes in and does the inside cradle. Uh, you know, then they re- they reveal that it was actually Bree, not Nikki, which is, I thought, done pretty well, where uh, Bree pulls tissues out of her top and she's just got smaller tits. <laughs> uh, so it could have been Nikki. And then they restart the match and Nikki hits her. So a little bit of a shiesty finish. I mean, they just had done the dusty finish, I guess. You know, the one before, but this to me was a little bit better well done because the twin magic stuff was already getting established. You're going to burn building Nikki as a heel a little bit more. This didn't feel as egregious as last month with the way they went about it. No. All right. The the reveal of the, of the boobs was, was really funny. That was that was creative. <laughs> it, was, it was really creative. It's not something you get a lot in this era. It was, it was pretty good. All right, next up is our Intercontinental title match. It's Big Show challenges Ryback. Uh, Ryback ends up winning with disqualification. Again, a long match. These guys go 15 minutes. Um, I went two and a quarter. Like, I thought it was fine. Just kind of a slightly below average, I guess. The, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I was a little bit more excited when I saw these guys because I know, like, Show had just had a good match with Reigns. Thinking maybe we get a really fun Haas battle. But I, I think it just goes on a little bit too long. Um you know, Ryback kind of sets up the shell shock and then show knocks him out. Um, and then Miz shows up and, uh, gets involved. So this goes, um, actually, is this the wrong time? No. Uh, is it 15? Cause also I saw somewhere else. I said oh. five, which would be much. I don't think they went uh, 15. I don't think so. Yeah. Must've been five. It had to be five. Yeah. No Cause Miz is at ringside doing commentary. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wikipedia has it. I think they had the one. It should just be 528. I'm confirming with uh, Melser here. 
Can you imagine yeah. Big Show? I, I, sad thing is I can't imagine Big Show and Ryback going 15 minutes in 2015. Yeah, it was believable when we said it. It seems but like then, something they would challenge yeah. them to do. Uh, yeah, 528. Okay. Uh, 2.5 for me. Um, yeah, just replacement level, which I, I don't know what more you want from Big Show in 2015 uh, with Ryback. Um, you know, I, I think we'll talk about it later on, but, you know, the whole... I think they blew the whole dynamic uh, and story of this match, uh, which was can Ryback get Big Show up for the shell shock? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they blew that on on Raw. So, um, you know, once you get that, like, I don't know what else there is to do. So uh, two and a half for me. Um, which uh, our next contest uh, will be much higher than two and a half. It mm-hmm. is the rematch. It is John Cena taking on Kevin Owens. But this time it is... Uh, is it for the? Oh, I guess not. It's just another singles match. I I thought this was for the uh, U.S. title. No, I don't. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, it is just a singles match then. Because I don't think they were presenting Owens yet as like, um, really being on the roster. Like I I feel like because he's still NXT champion, isn't he? So, yes, it's not until the 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 next one. Okay. Yeah. So this so is I just a like, straight up rematch. Yeah, I feel like they're still playing it like he's here messing with Cena. Uh, he hasn't quite elevated fully yet. He's kind of, they do this a lot with NXT people on this stretch. Like he's not the first one where they kind of come up and do a little thing and they're still doing both and before they fully transition. So yeah, I don't think the titles are on the line just yet. Yeah. All right. Um, but it is just a, a rematch from, uh, the previous pay-per-view, uh, Cena is going to get his win back. Uh, I went four and a quarter, uh, just a tick below, um, for their previous matchup, but still really good for a rematch, especially being uh, so close in proximity to the uh, the previous match. Um, and yeah, I mean, Owens is, you know, maybe he did uh, too well uh, to the point where maybe they already feel like we can start messing with this guy by having him, you know, give Cena his win back uh, so quickly uh, and he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I... I went four and a quarter. I think it's another classic. Um, and yeah, re- another really good match. Yeah. Four and a quarter for me as well. I, I thought it was just a slight step back from the first one. Uh, but like you said, it's, I mean, it's still great. Like see, like Owens, his hit rate is like pretty wild um, to just have debuted and then uh, have these two bangers with seen on pay-per-view is like already showing the value and what he's going to bring to the main roster and the level of talent he is. So that's great. Cena is proving he can go, right? He has these two matches, classics. It's a good, a clean finish again. They go 20 minutes again. I don't think Cena is winning here is egregious. And we talked about it a little, little bit earlier. Uh, I think it's the third match, right? We know they're going to have a third match. That's the one that's going to make or break, like how this feud goes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, them splitting the pair of non-title matches, like makes sense. Okay, that's fine. Maybe Cena get to adjust himself and... He barely narrowly wins. It's like he beats him, you know, dominantly. So uh, it's a lot of back and forth. And Owens uh, really showed up here and, and just delivered. So g- great match. Um, great showing by both guys. Let's see how that third one plays out, which will be our next episode in two weeks. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But for now, for now, this really resonates. All right, let's go to our next matchup here, which good luck following these guys. We have the primetime players defeating the New Day in Ooh. five and a half, just under six minutes to win the tag team titles. This, Marcus, shocked me even to, uh, this point, however many, seven years later. Um, I did not see this coming at all. 
um, with the primetime players winning. So I didn't think the match was anything too special. I went two and three quarters. Like I, I like the primetime players as people. I'm not the biggest fan of them in ring. Um, they just super bland. Like I think they would have been better served in their original role was like something like Nexus where maybe they're just part of like a mini group where they can mix and match. I think the two of them just as a team out there uh, weren't always the most exciting. I, I think his faces, they're better than his heels because I don't think they have the offense to be heels. Th- that said, I had two problems with this. Um, one is like new day is really just starting to get their feet under them and get established. So it was kind of like, all right, we're neutering them quickly. Mm-hmm. Two, we're doing it for a team that's really not that over, right? So, like, what's the rush? Like, why are we rushing the belts off the New Day just to get at the primetime players who aren't really over? Three, to stick it following Cena Owens and before the main event. Like, Cena Owens went 20 minutes. That's like a dream match. The main event is a really, you know, hot match for the title. It's going to be a ladder match. Like, you know, the crowd's going to be rocking for that. So it's almost like a complete disservice to the primetime players to stick their title win here in between where it's going to be completely forgotten immediately between these two matches. So either have it earlier in the show or that, that feels like more like a raw thing to me, maybe like primetime players upset them on raw new day, went back on the pay-per-view where it can stick out a little bit more. This is like, like just unfair to them to stick it here late this late in the show. No, uh, I totally agree. I think they were more over, I can't even pinpoint it, but like, I know they were over more, um then in this 2015 run and i remember that primetime player shirt that's the knockoff of the primetime wrestling logo like i remember that was like a pretty popular t-shirt so i wonder if like this is kind of a little reward for doing uh some good merch business uh yeah it's, it's just weird timing it's weird timing mm-hmm. i thought um even back at uh you know when when new day won the tag team titles i thought okay like here we go um but uh their run is going to get cut short here primetime players pick up the win um you know, maybe this is one of those instances like primetime players kind of already feel like they're close to like being mascots for WWE, um, you know, kind of in the same way that uh, Street Profits felt like they were mascots or Big Show, uh-huh. like these feel good acts, um, you know, so maybe they're just trying to give them a little bit of shine here. Um, but I went two and a half. I thought it was a, a pretty standard tag team match uh, for this time period. Like, I think you put this match in. 1994 like <laughs> it's probably you know three and a quarter but um i think for this 2015 time period this is this is right at replacement level for me uh so uh you mentioned earlier we are up here on our main event it is dean ambrose taking on seth rollins for the wwe title in a rematch from the elimination chamber pay-per-view and rollins is going to pick up the win in a ladder match um these guys go uh, 35 minutes. Um, they really get a lot of time, uh, but I think they deliver. Uh, it's a really good ladder match, especially for a, being a singles contest. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, they do the finish where uh, the title uh, comes mm-hmm. unhooked and, and Rollins ends up uh, gaining control of the title. So uh, kind of like Seth Rollins squeaking out another win. Um, it just goes. They just refuse to, to get this guy over. Like they refuse right. to put him over strong. If you're going to have him win, have him win. Like, have him win with his move, and it's like, man, he hit that move. I hate when he hits that move because it's, you know, he wins all the time. Like, for everything we said about Triple H and how much we've not liked him, at least I know when he hits the pedigree, 
right more times than not it is over like it it has a high high batting average like seth rollins doesn't have that during this time period i think that really hurts him so um even though it, it's still four stars for me yeah i think the positive too is that they don't have kane and all that shit in this one like he does do it alone um so that that's progress <laughs> but it's still like you know it's protecting ambrose i guess but it's still like just refusing to just put him over as strong as he needs to go over um I think I think it's too long. I think you could have shaved like ten minutes off of this and went twenty five minutes versus thirty five. Mm-hmm. That last ten kind of, you know, felt like all right. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, I went four stars too. That said, like they still are great. They have great chemistry. Um, they really went for it. They used the ladder as a weapon a lot, so it wasn't just like a lot of climby stuff. So it was hard hitting. Obviously, these dudes, you know, work great matches together constantly. From, uh, you know, immediately after the Shield broke up, and now a year later, still having really good stuff. So. No doubt about it. It's still a really great main event. It just feels like Rollins is sputtering a bit and they just don't want to put him over strong. And, you know, they're teasing that there's a certain beast awaiting him next. <laughs> so it's like, you know, how is that going to work, right? He hasn't beaten mm-hmm. anyone strong just yet. So, uh, all right. So that nets out a match score of uh, five, Marcus. So a really good in-ring show. I think yeah. it's maybe overlooked a bit. Yeah, especially with all these Money in the Bank shows now that they've become yearly. Um, this one, I think, kind of uh, slides under the radar, but a really solid show and ring. Yep, yep. All right, so let's uh, move on to our categories. For build, we went a point for the good mix of talent and Money in the Bank. It's kind of stars and up-and-comers, well-developed. I know we talked about the lack of quality winning options, but the mix in the ring was actually, you know, still pretty solid. Uh, point for Ryback hitting the shell shock on show on Raw was a really cool spot and build the match. Even though it's your point, it did take away a little bit. The moment itself was was good. A point for Cena and Owens building quickly from the chamber and Owens win. Uh, a point for the fun build of Ambrose playing around with the title. Uh, you know, they showed him. It was almost like a Stanley Cup thing where he's traveling all different places and showing off the bell. Uh, with the reins involved as his backup Rollins is kind of melting down over it. So all of that was, was pretty good stuff. Oh. Uh, let's get to the not uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, we've got uh, the awful advancement of Lana and Ziggler going on. Uh, the Bella Twins being presented as uh, like backstage power mongers um, mm-hmm. does more harm to them than good. And it's a little too inside baseball uh, for, for our likings. Well, and, and it's just kind it, of, it, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I think you're going to say it. Go ahead. Uh, it, it brings up kind of those negative connotations uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, they've worked so hard to escape from. Um, it's counter, it's, kind of, it's counterproductive. It's counterproductive. Right. Yeah. It's setting women's wrestling back, you know, multiple years. Right. They're trying to get over that they're empowered and equal this other stuff. And then the story is basically, oh, well, Nikki's only here because she's banging John Cena. Bree's only here because she's with Daniel Bryan. You know, like, like they're playing that up, right? Like they're, right. they're doing favors in the back to move up the card is kind of the hint that they're doing. So, like they don't belong and that's the only reason they're where they're at which is just again just a terrible approach given what they're trying to build no, right it's there. a terrible approach in general especially so there yeah um we've got the lazy tag team title uh match booking that we talked about with primetime players just kind of went in a little bit cold uh the constant obsession with corporate prep uh <sighs> like corporate talk and and power structures and you know who who does the who does WWE corporate want as champion? And oh god, know, I hate that stuff. That, that's what I think of this era. It's like it stands out to me where the COO and the CEO and the board meeting and uh, the board of directors and the authority and 
the buzzwords and the network structure. Like it's just all this stuff is just like I don't I don't come watch wrestling to hear more about corporate bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> right. like I don't want that. I, I gotta deal with that as it is. Like I don't need more of it. So why are we why are we doing this here? And again, it's just this weird we talked about the commentary stuff, right? With Chamber. We're gonna talk about it more in a second. I think it's this weird striving for legitimacy. Mm. Like they want to be viewed as a viable corporate entity, right? They want to be viewed as a viable sports presentation. So here we go, where our storylines are more like succession than WWE, right? Like, <laughs> and then our announcers are more like, like we said, like the college basketball third string announcers on ESPN that are more looked at as more real and more legit than these guys. Right. So it's like, they're trying to legitimize the company through the products with this type of approach. And maybe they felt because of the network, they had to do it that way, but it just does not make for stuff being too exciting. Yep. Uh, I agree with you. And uh, our last one here is uh, Ryback actually performing the shell shock on big show on raw, though it took away like the main selling point uh, in the intrigue of the match. Like, so to compare it, um, you've got the build-up to Razor Ramon versus Bret Hart, uh, mm-hmm. and same thing with Bret Hart versus Yokozuna uh, in in 1993 at Royal Rumble and then at WrestleMania. And the build is still like, can Bret put the sharpshooter on Razor? Right? He's got the long legs, he's got the height advantage, he's bigger. Um, and same thing at WrestleMania, right? Like Yoko weighs too much, his legs are too big. Um, Bret ends up locking in the sharpshooter in those matches mm-hmm. to kind of pay off, like, okay, he can do it. And, like, you know, whether he wins with it or not, uh, you know, you play off the finish there. But, like, Ryback actually performing the shell shock on Big Show, like, I thought took away the hook of the match. Like, he can get him up, but then, like, Big Show slides out or have his back give out, right? Um, Actually having Ryback perform it, um, you know, on free TV, you know, not to be like, you know, oh, you need to build everything for the pay-per-view. But, like, why have the match if I've seen the best possible outcome on TV? Yeah. I agree. All right, so that nets out to a minus one for Bill. Commentary, uh, we've been down on it. Let's see if it continues. We gave a uh, point for Miz shitting on Michael Cole, talking about Twitter, all of that. Uh, Another point for Miz bringing the energy. Like, he's only out there for five minutes, but he was really good on commentary. A point for the really good focus on Owen's immediate impact on the main roster. A point for Cole highlighting Owen's nose injuries throughout the match. Did a good job. Uh, and then another point for their work at Owen Cena overall, they sold the intensity of the match and the moment. Uh, they just really hung with it. Like there's a lot of times during this ever where the match outworks the commentary, but this one, they, they matched the pace. Nope. Uh, yep. Uh, we got King talking about how, <laughs> how all women hate each other. Um, and King in general during the women's match. Again, he's, uh, setting women's wrestling behind by, by years. Um, and Cole screaming, look out, uh, uh, look at look at um and then like big things happen um it's kind of like that uh, it feels like youtube reactor face like the shock face for the for the thumbnail like that's what cole is trying to do um it drives me well no it's almost too like and i I think we'll see more of this as it goes it's because they're king and jbl are trying to out jerry seinfeld each other a lot of times they miss shit or slash they feel like they need to hammer it home for the viewer because I think deep down they know uh, the viewer's probably more likely looking at their phone, looking at an iPad. You know, like maybe they're not fully dialed in. It'll be like, it, so he has to call extra attention to it. He's like, 
look, look at this. Ryback is on the top rope. That means he's going to do this. High like, you know, like he does that, like, like making sure we're looking at that moment and making sure King and JBL know what's going on. It almost goes back to your old guys sipping wine. Like it reminds me like, oh, like Christmas, I'm watching wrestling. My grandfather's sleeping on the couch and I want him to see what's going on. Right? <laughs> oh my God, look at this. Hulk Hogan's coming out to the ring, right? Like just really hammering home what's going on. Yeah. Uh, that nets anyway, out to uh, two for us total, though. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, again, so maybe maybe we're underselling the commentary. So we've been more positive than negative, I guess, the first two. <laughs> All right, atmosphere. Um, you know, you mentioned it at the last show that Dusty was ill. Uh, he did pass away prior to the show. Uh, so a point for the awesome Dusty chance. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the moment as well in a minute. But the crowd was really, you know, paying homage to, to the dream. Uh, it's sad too, right? When he fell and then, um, do you go to coma from the fall or there's a surgery after or something like that? Right. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. It might have been from, yeah. yeah. I remember it took a lot of people by surprise though. I think he fell and went into a coma and never mm-hmm. woke up. I think he like hit his head or something. Um, all right. Uh, great pop for Orton. So a point for that, a point for the crowd being dialed into the whole long 35 minute money, in the bank match. A point for the crowd being had Roman, where he's doing powerhouse stuff and walking tall. You don't get a lot of pro-Roman uh, reaction during the season. A uh, yep. point for the big match five with Cena Owens. Uh, we actually have two for that, because they're just in all match long. It just feels like a huge buzz. And then a point for the hometown pop for Ambrose. Um, you know, he from the area, so it felt like a big kind of hometown guy getting the title shot moment. Uh, yeah, I want to touch on... Um what you said about Roman, like when he is a walking tall baby face, like straight mm-hmm. out of, uh, you know, Bill Watts territory, he gets, he, that is when he's the most over, uh, baby face in the company. Yeah. Like it's just, people like to see big dudes do big dude stuff. Um, and when he's walking tall, that is when he's at his best. Um, it's just the problem is they don't have him do that that often. Um, but we'll get into the minuses now. Uh, the crowd not being happy with the Nikki screw job, the crowd being aggravated by the icy title DQ. By, by the way, like kind of the audacity to have a crowd, the crowd sit through Ryback and Big Show mm-hmm. for five minutes and not even have a title change. Yeah. Um, and put the heat on the Miz. Um, no pop for the primetime players, big moments. Uh, and the main event finish being uh, a bit anticlimactic and uh, confusing at first. Uh, and just hurts the closing reaction. Again, like Rollins can't even get the pop of like, you know, weaseling out of a match because they keep doing these like screwy finishes that don't have kind of like end with an exclamation point. You know, it's it's more of like a, a comma. Like, you know, okay, we'll see you on Raw tomorrow. So that nets out to a three. The um, point about Reigns was interesting too because I actually feel like they do a pretty good job in 2015 with him uh, trying to rebuild him, both with, the, like you said, some of the powerhouse stuff, but then also with the teaming with Ambrose. Like, because Ambrose is so over by having them be buddy, buddy is going to kind of, you know, transition the pop by you know, transitive property. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was smart for them to pair them so tightly for the whole year as they try and rebuild the reins. So, you know, we'll see that continue to play. All right. So plus three there, let's get to moments. We gave a point for the dusty roads moment of silence where the whole roster's out on the, on the ring. Um, you know, it, it really was emotional. You could tell it was you know, a lot of people had tears in their eyes or welling up. So, and, it's 
I don't say fitting. I'm trying to think of the word for it. Like a lot of the roster, like we talked about our last show or our last uh, earlier tonight, is NXT made, right? And those are all like his kids. Like he, yeah, he was the their papa in NXT. So to see all of them out on the ramp, it was like it hit extra hard. You know, like, these are all yeah. the kids that moved up due to his work. So. A uh, point for Wyatt attacking Reigns in his return. A point for Sheamus winning the Money in the Bank. A point for Cena endorsing Owens after the match to kind of get a standing ovation, and then Owens kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> but that was good. Uh, and then a point for the primetime players winning the tag titles. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, another title match with a dusty finish and uh, in, in the fake out angering the crowd. Uh, this one I thought could have been done a little bit better, uh, or not done at all. Uh, Paige vowing to dethrone Nikki for Dusty, um, and then crying when she loses, when she should be, you know, selling, uh, getting knocked out by the forearm and the rack attack. Um, you know, it, it cry if you lose by like, you know, a, a handful of trunks or something. Um, you know, I think right. getting knocked out and getting rack attacked, and then you know you sit up and cry and, and don't sell like any of the damage is just kind of like, eh, you know, this is fake. So. Uh, but that was it for uh, minuses for notable moments and importance. So another plus three. Uh, so churning along. Uh, match grades we were talking was a five. So a lot of big numbers. Card structure. Let's see if it hurts as much as it did for the chamber. Uh, we gave a plus for the opening hot with the money in the bank. A plus for the uh, dusty tribute package, which is a nice way to chill after Cena Owens. Right? Last last card we talked about uh, was poor Neville getting stuck in the cooler spot after that match. Now we get the dusty tribute package, which was a nice way to go about giving the crowd a minute. Um, without having to sacrifice anyone on the card. Oh. All right. And for our minuses, we've got uh, the stupid icy title DQ right after the women's title mm-hmm. dusty finish. Uh, yeah, card kind of dies a little bit there for that. Uh, those two matches. Uh, the random Rollins interview after the match and the long replays just kind of gives uh, fake vibes that something else was going to happen that you know ends up not happening, uh, especially especially at Money in the Bank where you're teasing yeah. like, hey, somebody could come down and cash in. Like, you know, but, uh, that's you don't want to. It's, it's a real like long post match, like yeah. real, and it's a, him getting interviewed. Yeah, exactly. You're you're just assuming Sheamus is coming out, so it's like a double F you. Yeah. All right, so that's out to a zero, so not bad, I guess, for this this category. Our rewatchability, we give a point for Orton yanking Neville off the ladder to an RKO was a great spot. A point for Bree yanking out the fake boobs, and then uh, a point for the Owen Owens midair superplex reversal looked great. And a point for the Dusty Tribute video, which is supremely rewatchable. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, well, what would be awesome, the Owens uh, ring apron powerbomb on Cena. But, you know, God forbid John Cena sell uh, at this period. Uh, and then the tweet scrolling across on a ticker during the show. Uh, it's like nonstop, yeah. man. Like, yeah, it, it's too much. It's like the ESPN screen with like now it's like, oh, the betting and the lines, like mm-hmm. the actual what you're watching it's it, it's it's hard to focus on because you're looking at the ticker the whole time so uh that's a total of two for us though yeah and and that ring apron power bomb not even just seeing it not, not selling it, it's just it's hard to watch it's like it's like really vicious <laughs> like it's just i don't know that's always been a move i'm just not into like i don't enjoy it at all um it just seems like way too risky for the payoff <laughs> it's it's brutal it is brutal they, they, they uh, and they definitely abuse it a little bit too much for like how how much right. it looks like it actually hurts and probably and does. Um, right. Yeah, they, they should they shouldn't have been so quick to use that. I can't believe no one's ever like blown out a disc or back like on a major level with that stupid move. Yeah. All right, at a point one point for all time matches. Cena Owens again uh, cracked our threshold. So, Marcus, I guess it's a total score of fifteen. So pretty Ooh. good showing for Money in the Bank fifteen here. Not bad at all. Not uh, bad at all. 
So that slots that. Uh, let's see. So to this point, we would have watched 61 shows. Money in the Bank 15 is at. I'm trying to do my math here quick. Uh, and I lost it. So Money in the Bank 15 is at 27. So pretty much right in the middle. And like we said, Elimination Chamber 15 is is bottom 10. So that's like 51st out of 60, 61, 60, 60 shows, I should say. Um, so uh, Tale of Two Stories, I guess, tonight, right? We got yeah. kind of a, a solid mid-tier show and then the bottom of the barrel show. Yeah. Either of these surprise you? Um, I knew Elimination Chamber was bad, but I thought... You know, especially like having the Crusher having two chamber matches, like they would hit a lot more than they did. Um, and then like knowing that, you know, Cena and Owens are going to deliver two classics. I thought they'd pull up uh, both of these cards a little bit more. But, uh, you know, about about what I expected for Money in the Bank. I mean, for Chamber, they're lucky that match was on that card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been one of our worst cards of the of of uh, this project. But no, Money in the Bank finishes, again, pretty solid. I mean, you know, you look at our best shows, they're in the mid to top high 30s. This is about half of that. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here, but what continues to hurt these shows really is the lack of big time moments. We've we've established that. We're less about match quality. We're more about moments and atmosphere and build and all that stuff, right? And that's, that's lacking on a lot of these so far. So um, these, these era of shows are going to struggle unless they deliver the moments on top of just having... They can churn out all the three-and-a-half-star matches, four-star matches they want month after month, but unless they're worth watching due to stuff happening, it, that's the whole point of this project, right? It's like just a replacement-level show. Yeah, it's good quality wrestling, but why am I watching it? I don't need to watch that show ever again. <laughs> that's the vibe I get with a lot of these. So. All right, uh, so that'll do it. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll continue through the 2015 season. Uh, we're going to have a couple of big shows. We're going to have Battleground 15. But then we're going to have SummerSlam 15, and SummerSlams have done mm. pretty well for us historically so far. Like, our number one show on our list is SummerSlam 99, right? And uh, our number um, 10 show is SummerSlam 11, 23 points, right? So that's pretty high. We have SummerSlam one in there. Maybe not. 99 and 11 so far. So, I mean, we got a couple of high ones. They're two in our top 10. So we'll see how SummerSlam 15 fares if that continues to trend. Um, that's the, you know, that's the benchmark right now. SummerSlam 99 at 38.25 points. So, sure check out everything here at the North South Connection Podcast Network. We have content coming at you every day. A lot of it is like this, just really super nerdy wrestling stuff that's evergreen. Uh, so be sure to check that out. We do have a couple of modern topical shows uh, every Friday. You get that either uh, focused on AEW or WWE in the Indies. You also, after every uh, major special event, Marcus, you and the Toolman are up within hours of that, mm-hmm. uh, breaking it down. It's a quick, usual 30-minute or so listen, kind of what you, what's worth seeing, what's not worth seeing, etc. Uh, and just tons of other great stuff on the Result Connection. You can also find Marcus and Tim over at the Final Wrestling uh, Place podcast on the not, uh, soon-to-be-named network, so be sure to check that out as well. Uh, otherwise, anything, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Uh, nope, thank you for the plugs, and uh, we'll catch you in uh, well, getting close to the new year. All right, very good. 
Sure to uh, have that happy, safe, and healthy holiday and live your life above replacement level. Big change for us, big bracelet. The match can't say I'm man. Tight that you need me. Cool, the type of dude that'll do it like you won't do. Can't do. Get more burned than a candle. Too hot to hold, too much to handle. In the black sea low, he know if she look, she go bye bye with da da. And I ain't gotta say no more. I'm the truth like AI. Got the proof and stay fly. And the safest things you could never buy. Know why? Cause I write the songs that the whole world. Sing. I don't know about y'all, but every night I swing in the Ferrari or Jaguar, switching four lanes with the top down, screaming out, money ain't a thing. Bubble hard in the double law, flashing the rings with the window crack, holla back, money ain't a thing. Jigga, I don't like it if it don't gleam, gleam in the hell with the price of the money ain't a thing. Put it down hard for my dogs that's locked in the bang. When you hit the bricks, new whips, money ain't a thing. Yeah, I want to floss with us. All across the board, we burn it up. Drop a little paper, baby, toss it up. Slacking on your pimping. Turn it up, see the money in the thing. For real, till y'all ship a meal. And y'all hit her on B chick and she fit the bill. Say she loved my necklace.